Good morning, Mercy Culture family. Come on, guys. It's Celebration Sunday. So if it's your first time with us, my name is Les. I'm the lead pastor here at Mercy Culture Waco. And no, we do not give away gift cards every week. So just let's release that expectation. Come back next week. like, wait a second. I didn't get no gift card this week. This is Celebration Sunday. What does that mean? For the last few weeks, we've been in a series called Expanding Territory Through Heaven's Culture. And the Lord spoke to, to our hearts as we were beginning to plant Mercy Culture Waco back in April of this year. Can you believe it's only been since April? And can you believe it's been since April? It seems like it's been like five minutes, and it seems like it's been about five years. It's amazing. It's been so much fun, but we'll get into that and celebrate that in just a moment. But the Lord's really speaking to our hearts and saying that for the remainder of 2022, that he was going to, to establish MC Waco as a force to be reckoned with. And we saw the hand of the Lord laying foundational stones in MC Waco so that in 2023, we could pick up great vision and run with what God has given us to carry. And so we've been laying those foundational stones and talking about our culture every week. And one element of the mercy culture, uh, culture, one of our values is the value of celebration. I'm going to speak on celebration for just a few minutes, and we have some, some other things planned in this service. But we say it this way, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. So we want to have a little bit of fun today, but we are a presence-driven church. Somebody say amen. amen. What that means is that we... The vision of Mercy Culture Church is to take people from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. So even though it's Celebration Sunday and we're having fun, we're going to encounter the presence of the Lord. No matter what it is that we do at Mercy Culture, we're going to encounter his presence. Because without his presence, what are we doing? You can go to a party. You can go and sit at home in your pajamas and watch TV. Without the presence of God, what is it that we're doing? We exist to encounter the Lord. Because we know that if you can hear the voice of the Lord and have the faith to step out in obedience to whatever it is that he says, you cannot fail. It is impossible to fail obeying God. Because God is smarter than us. And because God's dreams are bigger and greater and grander than anything that you or I could dream for ourselves. Amen? And so we want to help you to discover how you best connect with the Lord. And we do that here in Mercy Culture through a process that we call MC Connect. And MC Connect is the first step to getting connected to the Mercy Culture family. It's the first step to serving on the serve team, to becoming a member. But most importantly, Connect is the way in which we disciple people into daily encounters with God. What is a daily encounter? It's encountering the presence of the Lord just like we did corporately. Every single day, in your own home, in your car, at your job, in your closet, wherever it is that you want to encounter God. Because we know that when we get in his presence every day, that is the key to longevity in our relationship with the Lord. And we know here at Mercy Culture, there's only one way to God, and that is through Jesus. Come on, I said there's only one way to God, and that is through Jesus. He's the only way. He's the only way. The Bible is true, cover to cover, and Jesus Christ is the only way to the Lord. But through Jesus, there are many ways to connect with God. And some of you connect with God through movement, and some of you through, 
through conversation and some through art and creativity. And there's so many ways to connect with the Lord. And we want to help you to discover how you best connect with God and then help to develop a personalized daily encounter guide to just help you to, to get into the habit of encountering the Lord every single day. So if you would, text the word CONNECT to 59090. We want to take your hand and walk you through that process of, of daily encounters with God. I've got a couple of announcements coming up. First of all, tonight is Serve Team Celebration. Right here in the tent, 6 p.m., we're going to start with the outdoor. We got food, we've got s'mores, we got fire pits, we got music, we got all kind of stuff. And then right in here, after that's over, we're going to do a celebration with you guys. We just want to celebrate the serve team. This is the biggest celebration we do all year long. We're so excited to celebrate with our serve team tonight. Then coming up on the last Sunday of every year at Mercy Culture, we have a Sunday that we set aside as a Sabbath rest unto the Lord. One of our leadership standards at Mercy Culture, part of our culture that you'll learn about in MC Connect, we have leadership standards. And what that means is these are the people that we empower. If you want to be in a serve team, a leadership role in Mercy Culture, there are leadership standards. And one of those is the standard of the Sabbath. And what that means is that we trust God that he can do more with six days in a week than we can do with seven, that we trust the Lord. When the Bible says to have a Sabbath, to set it aside for him, and to have a day that we rest in the Lord, we take that seriously. And we also take that concept of the Sabbath to our year. We believe at Mercy Culture, God can do more with 51 weeks than we can do with 52. And so one Sunday every year, we don't have church. And so that is the last Sunday of this year, happens to be Christmas Day. And on Christmas Sunday morning, we will not be having service. It's a Sabbath Sunday. We have an opportunity for our staff and our serve team to rest and be with their families. But we have worked diligently to create an excellent experience and encounter with God online. We've been filming that with MC Worship. Y'all, it's going to be amazing. The presence of God was there during filming. I can't wait. Um, Nikki and I have a little Christmas message for you, and then our senior lead pastors at our campus in Fort Worth, Pastors Landon and Heather Schott, have a message to bring, and where all of our campuses come together in the comfort of our home, in your pajamas, eating cookies. Food is not a connect with God way yet, but I have been lobbying because that is how I connect with the Lord. I could, ooh, I could preach a whole message on it. I, I feel the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and that brings me to my next point. We're going on a fast, y'all. We're going on a fast. Woo. Woo. But God is good, and I'm obedient to the Lord. And so I've, we have felt the leadership of Mercy Culture has felt the Lord calling our entire congregation into a fast. And we typically fast every, at the beginning of every year. And this year we have felt the Lord call us into a 40-day fast. Did you hear me go? <laughs> it almost didn't come out of my mouth. Flesh was holding it back. But he's called us into a 40-day fast. And I want to just let you guys know before we get there to begin to pray and ask the Holy Spirit what it is that he wants you to fast. One time I called a, a team that I was leading into a fast, and one of them told me that, that she was fasting fictional novels. 
You can laugh. It's okay. Not novels. Fictional novels. I said, okay. Ask the Lord what you can fast that's going to be a sacrifice for you. I was thinking about fasting spelunking, which is cave exploration. I've never done it, but I've always wanted to, so I think I could give that up for 40 days. Now, God's calling me to fast food, praise the Lord. But I want to just let you guys know, begin to pray and ask the Lord. And we'll begin our corporate fast on January the 2nd. That is also the day that we begin a week that we call Solemn Assembly. And every year, we take the first week of the year and we meet together in corporate worship and prayer from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. And we just worship and give that first week of the year to the Lord. And so we're going to be right here in the tent. Beginning on Monday, January the 2nd, we are having church January 1st. It's going to be an amazing Sunday in his presence. The very next day, Monday through Saturday, we're going to meet right here in the tent, 6 p.m. I mean, sorry, 7 to 8 p.m. We're going to have worship. We're going to come together and worship and pray for an hour every night as we take that week and give it to God. Let me tell you, we did it last year in Fort Worth. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. The first night's a little bit like, all right, got to go to church on a Monday night. By the time you get to Saturday, you can run through a brick wall. It's going to be an incredible time in the Lord and just giving it back, giving that first week back to God. If you'd like to, to see that, to have our notes and follow along, everything that's in front of me will be sent to you. Just text the word notes to 59090. And let's go to Philippians chapter four, beginning in verse four. And this morning, I'm going to read out of the message paraphrase of the Bible. I don't typically use this version, but it really spoke beautifully to the heart of these scriptures. So beginning in verse four, it says, celebrate God all day. Somebody say all day. Every day. I mean revel. You almost had it. You almost had it. I mean revel in him. I love that. I love how the message puts that revel in the Lord. Listen, there is there are few things more damaging to the advancement of the gospel of Jesus than an unhappy, ungrateful Christian. I'm going to say that again. There are few things more damaging to the advancement of the gospel than an unhappy and ungrateful Christian. And for some reason, a lot of people in church have got it in our minds that the sadder, the more miserable, the more angry, the more frustrated, the more we punish ourselves, the greater witness we are to the Lord. I don't know where that came from, but some of us walk around. We've all met those Christians, right? You couldn't coax a smile out of them with a crowbar. There's just nothing you can do to get gratitude and joy to come out of them. The Bible says to celebrate, say celebrate. God, all day, every day, to revel in him. We serve a good God. We serve the creator of the universe that the Bible says calls us friend. It's amazing to me when I stop and think that at the mention of the name of Jesus, he shows up. Wherever I am, whatever I'm facing, he shows up. His presence comes. He gives me answers. He gives me peace that passes all understanding. He gives me joy unspeakable and full of glory. The creator of the universe even knows my name. He cares about us. We are to celebrate that fact. It says, make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side. Working with them and not against them. Ah, do we need this today? 
Do we need this in this society that we live in today? Where we have, we have decided that it is a virtue to be angry. There was an Instagram account that put out this funny video that said they're creating a new social media that will curate posts that will only make you mad. And the guy in the video is like, I used to go sometimes two or three hours without getting angry. And now with this new social media, I'm angry all the time. Right? We, some, we feel like that in life. Like we're just angry all the time and we are bombarded with things to make us angry. And we are living in a culture that we are constantly bombarded with things to tell us that everybody's out against us and this side hates us and we're supposed to hate them and black against white and conservative against liberal and Christian against the world and whatever we can do, let's just come against each other. And the Bible says, make it as clear as you can. To all that you meet, that you are on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them to see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up at any minute. Verse 6 says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's, a, it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. I've come to tell you this morning, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your presence. Lord, your tangible presence that is already in this room. Come on, let's pray with me. Lord, we thank you for your presence that is already here, God. We acknowledge that you are in this place this morning. Father, I pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit is speaking and doing today. Lord, I pray and declare there is no spirit but the Holy Spirit welcome in this room. Come on, no spirit but the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, we don't make room for you. We give you the room. Lord, I thank you that nobody came to hear me, but we all came to hear you. So we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. That verse 6 says, don't fret or worry. It says, don't fret or worry. It says, don't fret or worry. I'm repeating that because that's what I have to do to myself. There are seasons and times and days and you, we get worried. We worry about our children. We worry about our marriage. We're worried about our careers. We're worried about our finances. We're worried about our relationship with the Lord. We're worried about society, what we're facing in the world, and what we turn on and see in the news. and Everything that's happening around, happening around us, we are filled with fret and worry and anxiety. Every study that has been released in the last four or five years shows a sharp incline in anxiety disorder. I read a study just this week that shows somewhere around 70% among teenagers, a 70% increase of anxiety disorders. Diagnosed anxiety disorders. We are an anxious and fearful society filled with anxiety and worry and concern. And instead of going to the Lord, many have turned to pills. They've turned to drugs. They've turned to alcohol. They have turned to sex. They have turned to entertainment. And some have turned to anger and frustration. And what can I find to fill this hole that is within me, this this place, this empty space? 
What can I find to calm the fret and the worry that has gripped my life? And the Bible says, instead of worrying, pray. How many of you have ever been anxious before? Most of us in this room have been anxious at sometimes in our lives. And I know for me, often the, the, the more anxious that I feel, the more prayer seems to be far away. It seems like prayer is sometimes the hardest thing to do when you are anxious or worried. And we have this idea that prayer is some sort of last resort, that after we have done everything that we can do to figure out whatever solution we need to the problem that we're facing, then we will go to God in prayer. Because it feels like in this society and in uh, what, how we've been influenced by those around us, it feels like sometimes that prayer is a cop-out. We even see it. We've see, we see it all the time. Uh, anytime there's a mass shooting, there's an incident in our society, and people begin to say that they're praying, they're bombarded with folks that say, keep your thoughts and prayers and give me action. I've seen it with politicians who are publicly standing on national television and in their social media, and they say, verbatim, keep your thoughts and prayers. Give me action. But we as believers that are rooted in the word of God know that prayer is not a last resort. Prayer is our first choice. Ladies and gentlemen, prayer is an action. Say it with me. Say prayer is an action. Prayer is offensive. Prayer is picking up the offense and making headway. Prayer is the expansion of territory. And in 2022, this is the year of expanding territory. In Mercy Culture Church, it's the prophetic word over all of our campuses for this year. And that means that if it's the word over this house, it's the word over your house. And we only have a few days left in this year. And sometimes we can sort of get lulled to sleep in the months of December. Life slows down in a lot of ways. It speeds up in others, but it slows down in some. And our routines sort of get messed up and jobs change and things start to slow down and the emails are not coming in as fast and the phone calls are not as frequent. And we can be lulled to sleep instead of stewarding what God has spoken over us all the way through to the end. And I feel the sense of urgency within my own spirit and for my own family to steward this word of expanding territory until the last minute. I know God has spoken to us that as we count down and prepare for the new year on New Year's Eve, we are going to pray 1 Chronicles 4.10 over our family. That is the prayer, the scripture, the prayer of Jabez that we have been praying over our families every single day. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Enlarge and expand my territory. That you'd put your hand of favor upon me. That you would keep me from all harm and evil so that it might not bring me pain. We will expand territory and prayer is a tool to do it we believe that prayer is an action to dispel fear and worry and anxiety prayer will help you to walk in the value of celebration as I mentioned earlier one of the things God has placed upon our hearts for MC Waco is that he's establishing us as a force to be reckoned with. We've been laying the foundation stones of culture in this house for the last few weeks, and we're almost done. And we've been preparing for this message 
to speak on the value of celebration. And our values, the way we put it, this values are how we act when we are at our best. And for some of us, celebration can feel almost like a lesser value. Like how do you find a serious topic in the value of celebration? Well, celebration is deep and celebration is important. We put it this way. We say celebration, put it on the board. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. We make time to celebrate the little wins that create a big victory. So why do we celebrate? Well, we celebrate because Jesus celebrates. We celebrate because the culture of heaven is a culture of celebration. In Luke chapter 15, verse 10, it says, Just so I tell you there is joy Some translations say rejoicing before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. What does that mean? It means that all of heaven goes into a celebration and a party when one person comes to the Lord. Every person that repents, heaven breaks out into celebration. The Bible shows us in Psalms 116, 15, that God even celebrates in death. It says, precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints. We as people being sometimes earthly minded and seeing things in a temporal way and not through the lens of eternity, we can fret and mourn over those that have passed and we weep and cry, but the Father rejoices when one of the saints passes into his great reward. The Latin root word, of celebration is actually defined as the honoring of something. And honor is another one of our values. And we say we are governed by honor, that honor reflects heaven's value. It protects freedom, creates safe places, and reflects a kingdom identity. That honor is about self-control, not control. Guys, do y'all have the timer back there for me? That TV went out. Uh, And then, sorry, I got distracted a little bit. So honor is about... Self-control, not about the control of other people. Honor and celebration are tied together hand in hand. When we celebrate, we bring honor. Celebrating others does a few things. First, it combats pride in you. Because what is pride? Pride is an inward focus. Pride is looking at ourselves as the most important person and When we begin to look outwardly and look for ways to celebrate other people, that celebration combats the pride that is found within us. Celebration reveals the identity in other people. That as you are led by the Holy Spirit to celebrate others, the Lord through you will reveal their godly identity as a son and daughter in Christ. And celebrating others silences the lies of the enemy. Have you ever heard the enemy tell you that you're not good enough? Have you ever heard the enemy tell you that you are not equipped to do whatever it is that you're trying to do? Told, heard the enemy tell you you're not a good husband, you're not a good wife, not a good father, not a good mother, not a good friend, not a good Christian. And then somebody out of nowhere gives you a compliment. Somebody begins to celebrate you in some way. Celebration silences the lies of the enemy. So who do we celebrate and when do we celebrate? Well, we look for opportunities everywhere 
Celebrate your barista. Celebrate your customer service rep. I know that can be hard, especially when you're on the phone. Nobody's ever been on the phone with a customer service rep? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I got to work on my flesh. But there are times that I'm talking on the phone with customer service reps, and it's really hard to celebrate them. I had that experience this week, and I'm preparing for this message, and I feel the Holy Spirit going, are you going to listen to what you've been writing? Are you going to celebrate this man? And I took a moment. I go, look, hey, man, it's not your fault. I understand. You're doing a great job. Really, thank you for helping. He goes, oh, his whole attitude changed. No, I get it. It can be frustrating. You know what? Let me try one more thing and see what I can do. Look for ways to celebrate. Celebrate your fellow serve team members. I want to honor this team. At Mercy Culture, we have a, a, an app that we use to communicate to the serve team. It's called Slack, and there's a channel in our Slack app that all of our campuses are a part of, and it's a celebration channel. And what I've noticed is that the MC Waco team celebrates in celebration more than any other team that I've seen. There's just constant celebration. That's all right. Give yourselves a hand. <laughs> Celebrate the serve team. Celebrate your children, even when they're driving you crazy. Celebrate your kids. Celebrate during feedback and correction. I like to put it this way. Encourage, correct, and encourage. Find something to celebrate. Sometimes we've got to give feedback and bring correction and then find something to celebrate again. Celebrate quickly and celebrate often. Here's a caution this morning. Don't withhold your celebration only for perfection. I mean, celebrate empowerment even when that task that they empowered to somebody else didn't get accomplished in the way you wanted it to be. Celebrate the fact that they took the risk and empowered. Celebrate authenticity even when that authenticity is revealing some deep and serious flaws. Don't withhold your celebration for perfection. Celebrate when you feel a lack of unity. There are rooms that we can be in. There are situations. Maybe it's at your job, at your home, in the serve team where you can feel disunity begin to build, build, celebrate, because celebration brings unity. So how do we celebrate others? This is so important. Don't devalue celebration with a lack of authenticity or false humility. Be honest. So I've got a story for you. My mom was visiting us at Months ago, it might have been a couple years ago, and she was getting ready to leave. She's packing up her stuff and kissing the kids goodbye, walking out, and one of my daughters is just crying, just, BB. Ah, you know, she's crying. She's wrapping her arms around her legs. She's just crying. I'm like, child, you know, come on, get it together. She's just, I'm going to miss you so much. I love you. My mom goes, oh, they just love me so much. Look at them. They love you. I said, they do, Mom. They really do. But she had the same reaction when we ran out of milk. So <laughs> let's bring it into perspective. Why do I tell that story? Because the overreaction to the running out of milk devalued the celebration of her grandma. When, we, when your cup of coffee that you had this morning and the Grand Canyon are both awesome, the word awesome doesn't mean anything. 
We see this in Jesus. Jesus celebrated Peter and then called him Satan. In Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 17, it says, And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Imagine Jesus telling you, Blessed are you, Emmanuel Pronkin. Oh man, just to your face. I'd be like, Wow. <laughs> Feeling good. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. I could just see Simon Peter looking around at his other brothers, disciples. <laughs> Jesus is, uh, I just posture my heart to receive the celebration moment from Jesus. He said, but my father who is in heaven, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Can you get a greater celebration than that? Jesus, the Son of God, looked at Simon, changed his name, and said, upon this rock, upon you, I'm going to build my entire church. Man, Peter had to be feeling good. He was walking tall after that celebration. And then, four verses later, in verse 23, it says, but he, who is he? Jesus turned and said to Peter, he, well, at least he used his new name, turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. All of a sudden, Peter wasn't walking quite as tall as he was four verses earlier. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. What is this teaching us? It is teaching us that celebration doesn't mean that we have to be fake and we can't tell the truth. It doesn't mean that we have to use flowery, inauthentic language to describe everything and everyone we can be honest and we can give difficult feedback and we can have honest conversations with the people that we love in our lives it doesn't diminish the value of celebration it actually strengthens it Nikki and I have a person in our lives an acquaintance who we we care about deeply but no matter how the person that they're speaking about may be I don't care if they are just a scummy person Y'all can laugh. It's all right. I don't care if they're a scummy. Some of y'all are like, I cannot believe he said scummy. We all know some scummy people. We love them with the love of Jesus, but we all know people that, you know, got a little bit extra flesh. And no matter who she's talking about, they are the most incredible, awesome, generous, kind, loving, beautiful, honest people that you've ever met in the world. And you know, as she's telling you, that that ain't true. Like, I met this person, you are not telling the truth. And then you are also the most kind and wonderful and decent and honest and beautiful person. It means a little less, doesn't it? It means a little bit less when you know that the person hasn't quite learned how to walk in authenticity and honesty. The greatest moments of celebration, the moments of celebration that mean the most to you, happen when somebody is celebrating you that you know is also honest. When you have that friend that you know will have the hard conversations, will give you the feedback that you need, even when things are not going so well, even when it might hurt, they will, in love, give you honest feedback. When they celebrate you, that celebration is so much deeper and more meaningful because of their honesty. Celebration shouldn't be shallow. 
It can be simple, but it shouldn't be simplistic. Your ability to provide honest and meaningful feedback brings depth to your moments of celebration. So this value of celebration is so intricately tied to all of the other values within this house. The value of authenticity, the value of feedback, the value of communication, and the value of honor. It is important that we learn how to celebrate and celebrate well. And this morning we're going to continue in this vein of celebration and we're going to have a moment of presbytery. Worship team, if you guys would come up. We're going to have a moment of celebration through what we call presbytery. And the word presbytery comes from the Greek word presbyterian or presbyterian. That's how it's pronounced. There we go. Which means a body of elders, pastors, or leaders. Presbytery is a group effort of ministry. It is group ministry. And if you haven't seen a presbytery moment before, you're going to see one this morning where we've been praying as a leadership team and asking the Lord for two couples that we felt God wanted to take a moment and just speak his words over them. So presbytery is three things. Number one, it is God's, it is God speaking. God speaks through the gift of prophecy. The Bible teaches us that prophecy is for the building up or the edification of the saints. God speaks through prophecy. Secondly, a presbytery moment is an impartation. Because when God wants to do something, he speaks. We see it all through the word. When God wants to create something, he speaks a word and brings it into existence. When God wants to change a season, he speaks and seasons change. When God wants to accomplish a thing, he speaks. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. And number three, a presbytery moment is team ministry. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29 says, Let two or three prophets speak and let others judge. There's something about team ministry and prophecy that is so powerful. And I've actually never seen more accurate prophetic words given than when it's done in this way. So I want to invite you into this moment with us as we begin to prophesy and pray over these couples this morning. If the team that we've asked to partake, if you guys would step up on the platform. So I want to invite you into this moment. As Pastor Zane recently said, one of our apostolic elders who came and ministered a few weeks ago, he taught us that prophecy is not a guarantee, but it's an invitation. And when a prophetic word is given, it's an invitation for you to partner with that word for your own life to ask God to plant that seed within your spirit and bring that word to life within your own life. So as we prophesy over these families, I want to encourage you, this is not a moment to just sit back and be entertained. But this is a moment to participate in this presbytery moment. So pray, listen, let your spirit come into a yes and amen. And when you feel something particularly touch your spirit, ask the Lord 
to let that seed come alive in your own life. Receive that invitation for that word for you and for your family. Amy and Edgar, if you guys would come up. just look at you and say, I see my power, my potential, and my ability inside both of you. And so as I was praying, I said, well, God, would you show me more? Would you show me more about this? And then I begin to see the color blue and ask the Lord, well, what does blue mean? Where does, tell me what it means in the word. And as I was researching all of the scripture, um, that blue is used in the scripture. Blue is often used when God is describing how things should be decorated and creatively finished in excellence. And I began to look at some of those scriptures. And in Exodus 28, 3 through 6, it says, You shall speak to all the skillful whom I have filled with the spirit of skill, that they make Aaron's garments to consecrate him for my priesthood. These are the garments that, shall, that they shall make, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a coat of checker work, a turban, and a sash. And they shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, and his sons to serve me as priests. And they shall receive gold, blue, purple and scarlet yarns and fine twine linens and they shall make the ephod of gold blue purple and scarlet yarns scarlet yarns and the skillfully woven band on it shall be made like it and be of one piece with it of gold blue purple and scarlet yarns and fine twists and I said well Lord what are you saying about Amy and Edgar and I just heard the Lord say you guys walk in excellence and the Lord has put his skill in you to skillfully work out things that he has. And then, this is funny, I was praying and <laughs> I heard, um, okay, I don't know Spanish, but I'm gonna say what I heard. Um, I heard, uh, ay, mommy, but it was like this, ay, let's get it together. Like, <laughs> um, like oh my goodness, that uh, ah, I'm, I'm ready to see it fixed. I'm ready to see it done excellently and beautifully. And um, I saw a picture of you, Amy, and you started to fix things and put them together and put them where they went. Um, they quickly became done, and they were quickly made excellent. So then I said, Lord, what are you saying about Amy? That you don't just see things 
and say, oh, that's how, like, it's just how it's going to be. You're like, it, you actually move. The Lord has put a spirit of skill inside of you and both of you. But Amy, I saw you, the Lord saying, um, I put that spirit of skill inside of her because I've called her to bring excellence to areas. Um, and I feel like the Lord um, has been highlighting those excellent areas in the church. But I feel like I want to remind you that there are dreams in your life that he's asking you to bring that same skill to. Um, I heard that you are a builder. The same skill that he's placed inside of you is used to build things. So I don't know if that bears witness with you right now, but there are things he wants to build. Um, and he's given you the ability to build. And Amy, I saw a picture of you as a young girl and you were fierce, like a leader, um, even at a very young age. Is that true? Were you a young leader? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you had these two beautiful long braids and you were on the playground. And um, uh, the Lord speaks to me in pictures a lot, so we got lots of pictures. And I saw you standing there and um, you were on the playground and you were leading, but I saw the Lord saying that he's softened areas of your heart and that he's softening areas of your heart right now in this season so that you can lead in his strength and not in your own strength. Um, I feel like he was, um, you were excellent, but I could see that it was uh, striving for perfection before, but he's saying, no, 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 I want you to know that it's all done in my strength. And then lastly, Edgar, I saw a picture of a brand new truck. And uh, did you play with trucks when you were a kid? Uh, trucks, yes. <laughs> He's like, what did he say? <laughs> um, I saw a brand new truck, and it was like that Tonka, really cool, like the nice one you get for your kids for Christmas. Um, but there was acid that was placed on it to destroy it. And as I watched the acid destroy it, I said, God, what are you saying about your son, Edgar? And I heard the Lord say that even when you were younger and growing up, there had been lies and words that were spoken about you that were tried to destroy you. But the Lord's saying that he's going to transform and bring back life to areas that seemed irreplaceable. And the scripture that he brought to, to remembrance was 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And so I just want to declare over you that you are made new because you are in Christ he has made you a new creation. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like uh, this is, so quite a bit of this, I was praying for uh, different things from the Lord, and just simply, I just heard the word unity. So a lot of this is together. Sorry. Okay. So, uh, so the first thing I heard from the Lord uh, as the, we were praying was, God is bringing a deep healing where wounds were, and after the healing, which will be quick, there will be a birthing. So, in the process of the accelerated healing you're in now, there will be a birthing coming. So, when you feel the tension, it's not the enemy coming after you. God is refining you and preparing you for the birthing that's coming. Uh, I saw uh, both of you, but I, I felt this is more for you, Amy. Uh, <laughs> I see you uh, justice-hearted. <laughs> Your justice is anchored in the joy of the Lord, not moved by the things of the world. So in this season, as you're, you're shifting, and uh, both of you, but like as you're advancing forward now, just remember to place your justice in how you see things that is uh, built into the joy of the Lord, is submitted to the joy of the Lord. And that's where your strength comes from. 
I see uh, in areas uh, individually, but in your marriage, I see that uh, there's healing. Yeah, healing. God is healing the distance in areas, in certain areas. Some areas you feel close together, and there's some areas that feels like 200 miles away. And I feel like uh, one of the things Hello highlight was there will be a quick shift in the distance. So from 100 miles away, 200 miles away to right here, it'll be suddenly because of the unity and the submission that you're growing with with the Lord. And I had, uh, you know, in, uh, the review, the, not the review mirror, but the outside on the, the doors, there's the, uh, the windows and it says objects are closer than they appear. So I saw prom- your promises are closer than they appear. And then I saw uh, the word saying that no longer, I saw you, uh, you both were just like shifting this year and processing through so many things. Uh, and the Lord had highlighted that uh, no longer will you fear the appearance of the, your giants, uh, but today you step into the authority to call them under. So even this year, as you shifted literally physical territory from one place to the other and came together, you're now stepping into a new level of unity to, in authority to take over the land and to conquer the giants. And uh, the last thing I saw was the Lord said, uh, I saw you guys as a, as a, with tension, as an arrow being pulled back. And that this year was a year of tension. Like literally, I just saw, I just saw an arrow and the bow and arrow going back. And 2022 was a year of tension. And 2023 which is next year, will be uh, the year of accurate release. So you won't just be released out. It'll be accurate on where God's going to hit you specifically, uh, right on the mark, because the Lord has his hands on the bow and the arrow. Okay, I, I was praying for this week, and I specifically heard a word for you, Amy. Um, as I was praying, I saw this vision of you holding a large mallet, hammer type of thing. And in your hand on the mallet, the word reformation was on the handle. And so I looked up what reformation means, and it means to restore to a former good state, to correct and to amend. And so, Amy, I see you taking this hammer and slamming it into the stake of the ground. And as it starts to split the earth in two, you are chiseling away the old. You are tilling and pulling apart old ground. You're restoring the new. You're removing the generational ties of your old self. There is a warrior in you. You're going to call forth righteousness and justice. I heard a, a few things over you and I just want to submit these words to you. I was praying and I heard that you're a bridge. I heard that you are someone who makes it easy for people to get connected. That when it, it seems like there's not a way, you're the, you're the thing that helps people find the way. You lead them into that space. I also heard that you help bridge language gaps. And I, I just feel in my spirit that there's going to be a there's going to be a time where translation comes into play that you're, that you're actually going to use 
Spanish and English together, and it's going to help lead people into encounters with the Lord. I also felt to tell you that your call is significant. I felt that there was a, there's been things spoken over you and maybe even things that, that you've partnered with that would have told you that it was less than. But I, I felt led to tell you today that your call is significant, that you are significant. And I also felt in my spirit as I prayed, I, I just heard that you're stronger than you think. And, and I felt the Lord just confirm this when, when Lauren had this picture of that truck, that, that that's what you're like, that you can handle more than you think, that you're stronger than you think, that you can, you can pull more weight than you think you can. Oh, I feel the Lord. You can, ah. by his spirit, you are strong. By his spirit, you are strong. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amy and Edgar, I took me to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. It says, And Samuel said, has, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. And I heard the Lord say that he was pleased by your obedience that he was bringing great favor into your lives because of your obedience. And I saw the hands of the Lord coming around your ears like this and cupping your ears. You know how when you are trying to strain to hear something, you put your hand around your ears. I saw God's hands coming around your ears. And I heard the Lord say that he is strengthening your ability to hear his voice. Come on, church, if you would just stretch your hands towards them. That he is strengthening your ability to hear your voice. The Lord said he's going to speak to you clearly and that you are to obey him quickly. And what I saw is God giving you single words. Sometimes it's one word and you just speak it out quickly. That every time you repeat what he speaks, your hearing will become more attuned to his voice. And as you listen to his voice and walk in obedience to what he tells you to speak, I saw the Lord, I heard the Lord say, be fruitful. It was like he was yelling, be fruitful, be fruitful, be fruitful. And somebody said that there was a birth thing coming, and I saw it. I saw a field 
filled with a harvest. It was row after row after row after row. And you'd looked at that field for so long and nothing was there. It was just dirt. And all you had done is plowed. And all you had done is planted. And all you had done done is tilled the ground. And nothing seems to be coming up. But today, look again, says the Lord. Look again, says the Lord. There is a sprout. There is a sprout. The harvest is is springing forth. So, Father, let's pray over them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak. God, that you are birthing favor in their lives. Come on, guys. Let's gather around them. You're birthing favor in their lives. You're birthing favor in their lives. So, Lord, tune their ears to your voice that they may hear you clearly and give them the faith to step out in obedience in Jesus' name. Yes, the the one phrase that I heard in my spirit when I was praying for the two of you was, my quiver is full, which aligns with everything that's been spoken. My quiver is full, and I didn't just see one quiver. I saw many quivers. And I I didn't just see your children. I saw white children. I saw black children. I saw Indian children. I saw nations before the two of you. You guys are called to make the crooked ways straight and to bring things back into order. So this morning, Father, we release the two of them to do exactly what you have called them to do. Father, you have equipped them and you have made them ready. So we say, run this morning. Run. You are ready in the name of Jesus. You are ready. Father, we thank you for them. We thank you, Father, that you have equipped them with every word with every lesson. You have made their ears ready to hear you clearly in instances where they, where no one else can hear. When things are confusing and there's chaos around, Father, you have made a way, a frequency that they will hear you clearly. So Father, we release them this morning in your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for speaking. Let's honor Amy and Edgar this morning. We celebrate you guys today. We honor you today. Chris and Nora, come up. Go ahead and put your hands together for them, too. And Nora, 
as soon as I said that, I immediately heard the Lord say, don't forget about her. You're a good daughter too. And I feel like, nor the Lord is even highlighting right now that you're not left out, that you're not left behind. That you're not second place. But it's you guys together. Chris, I heard as I prayed, I, I heard the Lord say that you found what you've been looking for. And then I, I heard the Lord say to just tell you to slow down. Slow down. Enjoy this season. God's not in a hurry, and you don't need to be either. Slow down and walk with him. Don't, don't get too far ahead of what the Lord wants to do. There's going to be a there's going to be great revelation that you'll find as you're just walking with the Lord. Not running in front of him. Don't get, don't get caught back behind him and just walk right alongside him. And you too. I heard this scripture. I just want to speak it over you. It's one you probably know. But I felt like this was a, a monumental scripture for you guys, especially you, Chris. It's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil because he is with you. His rod and his staff will comfort you. He will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies, and he will anoint your head with oil, and your cup will overflow. I declare in Jesus' name, your cup will overflow. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, I just ask for your favor on this couple and this family. I just hear in my spirit lasting favor, lasting favor. Not moments or seasons, but for life. As I was praying for y'all this week, I specifically got a word for you, Nora. Um, and I wanted to remind you that you're not just Chris's wife, but you are Nora. And the Lord has appointed you with a voice and a mouthpiece. And so as you begin to walk into this year, Nora, the Lord is going to start using your voice. I specifically saw you, like a, a picture of you, with your face aglow in the presence of the there's a tenderness and a softness upon you. You can hear the Father's voice 
clearly because you stand mouth to mouth with the Lord. I got a picture of Moses standing mouth to mouth with the Lord, and I hear the Lord say, Nora does the same. She is my friend. There's a deep friendship between you and the Father. This season, you're going to be stepping into a full authority that the Lord has given you. There will be an unveiling over you, Nora. I keep hearing there's a freedom ministry in you. I don't know if you sing or if you write songs or maybe you just write, but I hear as you connect with the Lord through those things, there's going to become a flowing of freedom and deliverance. Your freedom and deliverance ministry is going to come forth this year, Nora. Nora, I am, when you came on stage, the Lord began to speak to me more about who you were. And um, I saw you and I saw a blossom in the middle of your, your, your chest and your heart. And I looked up um, the biblical meaning of blossom or to bloom. And it says it's about our hearts and a reconciled relationship between us and God. And so when Shandell was talking about like you would bring people, deliverance is taking people out of the enemy's presence, removing what has hindered them and bringing them into the Father's presence and that you would reconcile people to the Lord. Um, and then I began to see um, a phoenix. Do you know what a phoenix bird is or familiar with it? Um, there's lots of stories about it, but um, there's a scripture in Job where um, Job mentions, um, I, I thought my life would be long like the phoenix who gets to enjoy life. And so the, the story of a phoenix is that it, it goes into the fire and it's reborn and it has like a new life. And I've heard the Lord say that um, you're in your phoenix year, the parts of you that were um, uh that who you used to be. He's killing those parts so he can bring you forth into who you're called to be. Um, but then there's a fire attached to it. I just saw you fiery. And I don't know you that well, but I feel like you're fiery in ways that we haven't yet to see. Not all of us have seen the fire. Some of y'all have seen it and you're laughing. This is great. <laughs> um, but I've seen pocket moments of the fire inside of you. And um, I saw you put on a large red coat and it was just this like authority. Here I am. Um, and it wasn't pride or arrogance. It was an authority that God was placing on you. And uh, I asked the Lord, I've been asking the Lord, what do you carry? Um, just because I love your family. I've been asking God, what does Nora carry? Um, and I saw a boldness from warring in the secret place, that you've been warring and interceding in the secret place, um, but that God was going to give you um, a public space to do that. And then this morning, I saw you moving in, in worship. Um, and I felt like God was saying, I'm going to show her how her movement is an act of intercession in areas and atmospheres that she's in. Um, and so I just want to pray over your movement this morning. Lord, would you just give Nora the movement from heaven, God, that you would show her where to place her hands, her body. Lord, that she would be a prophetic act and sign of what it means to move with you, Father. I thank you that as she says yes to you. In, in yielding her spirit and her body to you, Father, that atmospheres would change. Um, I even just want to submit to you, Nora, that um, dance and movement is a part of how the Lord wants to use you in this next season. And so I just want to invite you to lean into that. And God, I just ask that if there's even like, uh, I'm not sure if you danced as a child or if that was something that you did before, but I feel like God is breathing on it again in this season. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would bring clarity and your timeline to what you want to do in your daughter's life through movement, Lord. And that it would be easy to submit and surrender to what he wants to do. I just even hear the Lord say that it's, it's easy for her to surrender to me. Um, so God, I thank you that she's quick to say yes to you, Lord. She's quick to move where you move, Lord. Quick to do the crazy thing. <laughs> because she's found you in crazy obedience, Father. 
Lord, we bless Chris and Nora. I thank you that together they are stronger than they ever were on their own, Lord. I thank you that Nora Martin and Chris Martin together as the Martins will carry something that the world has never seen before, Lord. And we bless their marriage. And I just begin to hear the Lord speak about your marriage and how, like, he's so excited for couples to experience this new facet of him through you. That every couple carries a facet of the king and the kingdom of God in their marriage. And I just hear, I feel the Lord's excitement about what you guys get to release into the earth as you continue to grow in marriage. Um, and to not take for granted the uniqueness that he's done and he put you two together. Um, it's on purpose. It's on purpose. He did it on purpose. Um, so we just silence any lie anywhere else that anyone would say or even the enemy would say. Um, he did it on purpose. And so we love you guys. So uh, I saw three things. Uh, one was a scripture, uh, Psalms 133, unity commands a blessing. And I saw this giant footstep in this field and it was about the size of our property. And in the middle of the footstep was like two tiny footsteps. And it was you, Chris, and then Nora. And it was the unity that you have between the Lord and you. And every step you take, the enemy won't be able to stop you or see you advancing because your footsteps are aligned with him. And then I heard the word honor over you both. That God was bringing a new understanding of what honor was. And I feel like I'm supposed to read uh, this honor, this value of honor. So, and with your names in it. So, Chris and Nora uh, reflect heaven's value. Chris and Nora protect, protect freedoms. Chris and Nora create safe places and reflect kingdom identity. Chris and Nora Martin live a lifestyle of self-control and not control. And uh, the last thing I heard, because uh, it was governed by honor, was uh, for you guys. So, on vehicles, they put a governor on the engine so it's not going too fast and burn out the engine or or hurt anyone uh, on the road. But like, I feel like the Lord is saying, uh, as you su continue to submit to him, he's governed you by honor. So don't go into space to remove the governor off the engine and just pace yourself. So it's like Pastor Jordan was saying, to slow down, like the governor on the engine is there for a reason. So just seek insight from the Lord as you go forth in your daily encounters. I heard Jeremiah 117 through 19 over you guys. It says, get up and prepare for action. Go out and tell them everything I tell you to say. Do not be afraid of them, or I will make you look foolish in front of them. For see, today I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured, like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. You will stand against the whole land the kings, officials, priests, and people of Judah. They will fight you, but they will fail. For I am with you, and I will take care of you. I am the Lord who has spoken. Nora, I heard the word Jael. And Jael in the Bible is the woman who resided in tents and knew what to do with the weapon that was in her hand, which was a tent peg. She may not have been Deborah that was leading the the charge, but she took down the enemy with what was in her hand. And I saw that everything that the Lord has placed in your hand, that he has made you ready. He has shown you what is in your hand and how to use it to combat the enemy. Man, JL was courageous. 
She used the resources given to her in this situation by God. She didn't waste a moment in thinking. I see that your mind is made clear right now in the name of Jesus, that you will not second guess what he's asked you to do or think, if only I had a sword. He has placed the exact weapons in your hand that you need. God has equipped you. And I heard for you, I heard the word Nehemiah. Which I think, I love how the prophetic is. I heard Nehemiah. He was rebuilding the city. He was fortifying the walls, not just the walls, but the spiritual lives of those that were held captive that were coming home. And what I heard over you guys was that you were using weapon and tool in hand to fortify the city for the ones that the Lord is releasing to make a place for them. They are being freed right now. And you guys are a safe place. And the enemy, I see him afraid. You have created a space safe space. So I bless the two of you this morning. I heard the Lord say that he is ripping out the last remnants of the fear of man from you. And as I was praying into that, I heard the Holy Spirit just begin to yell. I'm going to yell. I'm going to be obedient to the Lord. But I heard the Lord say, 911. Said 911. 911, it's an emergency. I felt the Lord saying, He needs the Martins. He wants to use the Martins. And He took me to Psalms chapter 91, verse 1. It says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord He alone is your refuge, He is your place of safety. He is your God, and you will trust him, for he will rescue you. Somebody stretch your hands towards them, family. He will rescue you from every trap, from every lie, from every false accusation. He will protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. Chris and Nora, there is a revealing coming to you through his covering. It seems like an oxymoron, but God is covering you to reveal you. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand may fall on your right side and 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Chris and Nora, there is a place of vulnerability that he's taking you to that you will need his covering a place of such vulnerability that you have to have his covering. So, Father, cover the Martins. Lord, I pray that you will cover them in your wings, God. Lord, that you will cover them. Chris and Nora, you will have to wake up every day and choose who you're going to fear. 
You will have to wake up every day and choose who you're going to fear. Will you fear man or will you fear God? Will you be afraid of what man thinks of you or will you fear and seek the pleasure of the Father? Will you say what pleases the ears of man or will you say and do what pleases the ears and the heart of the Father? God, I declare over Chris and Nora, they are covered under the wings and in the shadow of the Most High. They are strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are ripping out the last remnants of the fear of man. Performance, comparison, and the need to impress are gone in the name of Jesus. You are clothing them and cloaking them in the power of the Holy Spirit. And God, they will speak what pleases your heart. They will do what pleases you. Though a thousand fall on their right side and though 10,000 fall on their left and though accusations swirl around them, they will not be distracted. You are covering and protecting them, Lord. Thank you for the voice that you have given to this couple. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, just stand to your feet this morning. Well, let's lift our hands and just begin to worship the Lord. Come on, nobody's prophesying in tongues. We're praying in our heavenly language. Just open up your voice and begin to pray in your heavenly language this morning. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. I don't see Gina. Did Gina leave? Is Miss Gina still here anywhere? If she's here, you guys can call her up. If not, that's okay. Father, we worship you this morning. Come on, we're not spectators, family. We're not spectators. We're participators. Let's lift our hands and worship him today. So God, I pray that every word that was from you would take root in our hearts and lives and initiate change. God, I pray that you would seal the prophetic words in our spirits, God. Lord, if any of these things that were spoken over Amy and Edgar and Chris and Nora are from us, God, I pray we receive it this morning. And Lord, I pray that it would grow and take root in our lives and it would grow and flourish within our spirits. Father, I just speak great favor. Lord, we will not grow weary in well-doing, but we will finish our race. We will finish this year in strength. Come on, we will finish this year in strength in the name of Jesus. We will finish this year in joy, and we will go into the next year running with purpose running with strength, running in joy, Father. So we say, speak, Lord. Come on, say it with me. Say, speak, Lord. Come on, from your spirit, say, speak, Lord. Say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. We're going to worship just for a moment before we dismiss. Let's just lift our hands. I believe that in these next couple of minutes, God's going to speak to you. We just 
guys would come down here. You just step down. Let's just stretch our hands towards them this morning as we're closing. I couldn't move on. I felt the Lord so strongly. Just want to bring encouragement to you guys. If some of you would gather around these ladies. Just a couple of the ladies of the house would just gather around. So, Father, uh, let's stretch our hands towards them. Lord, I speak strength. I speak strength. Heard the voice of the Lord say, I have not mishandled a single prayer. and I have not allowed one tear to fall to the ground but I have kept them all he has held them he has protected them and he is answering them he is answering your prayers Father, I thank you. Thank you that these women have taken their desires, the desires of their heart, and they have so freely laid it upon your altar. They have said, God, do what you want to do. I hear the Lord say, tidal waves of favor are coming and answers are already on the way. So we thank you, Lord. Just play over them. Just play over them. for any reason just encourage you to come down and have someone from our team just pray over you and lift your hands up and agree with you just a couple of quick announcements we have a gift for everyone here we have some members of our team they're going to give out a a special print that has this value of celebration on it. We hope that you take this and and you you remember to celebrate. You keep it in your home, you put it on your wall, and when you walk by, 
you celebrate the Lord and, and it's a reminder to walk in this value. So our team is gonna hand those out to everybody here. I believe they've got them coming in from the back. And just a quick reminder, we do have serve team celebration. I know we announced it, but you guys don't wanna miss out on this time. We're not done celebrating yet. This was just the first half. What a beautiful day it's already been. And just a reminder, we've got Sabbath Sunday coming up on December 25th. So don't come to church that day because we're not gonna be here. But you can join us online. We're gonna be watching there. You'll receive more information about that in the coming weeks so that you can tune in. We can all be in unity together, even from our homes, encountering the Lord right there in our pajamas. We've also got Solemn Assembly coming up at the beginning of the new year. It's going to be every night starting January 2nd. We're going to come together and we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to give him the very first of this year. It's going to be beautiful. I've seen so many, so many moments, so many encounters, so many testimonies from that Solemn Assembly time that we've done it before. So come expectant, come ready to just have fun and worship the Lord. We've also got the 40-day fast coming up. I encourage you guys, ask the Lord what you're supposed to fast from, but also ask him what you're supposed to name it. Ask him if there's a, a word that he has for you. I know in the past he's given me just a simple phrase, and, I've, and it was something that I could hold on to and steward throughout my fast, just like a, a reminder of, of what I'm fasting for. So just ask the Lord, do you have a name for my fast? And as you guys know, you're such a generous church, but I just want to say thank you. And send a reminder, there's three ways to give. You'll see the number come up on your screen. You can give online, mercyculturewaco.com slash give, or you can do the text to give number there as well. And just a final reminder, the altars are open for prayer. So if you need prayer for anything, you can come on down. And let me pray the benediction. If you guys would just posture your hearts to receive. Lord, would you teach us your ways that we would know you and find your favor. We love you, church. Have a great day. We'll see you back here tonight.
So.